Paz IM Radio with your co-hosts Robert Brining and Aaron Laxton. We go around the world and across the United States. Join in the conversation by calling in to 929-477-3572. That's 929-477-3572. This week, we have your HIV scoop with Josh Robbins and your positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney. Your weekly dose of hope. Pause IM Radio. I hope you're ready for season two because it starts now. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this Sunday edition of Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining. Uh, my co-host and partner in crime, Aaron Laxton, is taking some PTO, so he'll be back with us shortly on the airwaves. Um, today is our um, exciting exciting show. We have an activist update. Danny uh, Weaver has been on the show before. He is based in Florida. Um, I met him at a few conferences. He's an amazing activist who... Um, is doing great things, and uh, he has come on before, I think it was like six years ago, 2011, and uh, he shared his story with us uh, about his recovery and, and living with HIV, and I'm excited to get an activist update from him and find out what's going on with him now, um, six years later. But, um, wow, um, it's been an amazing week, a uh, crazy week at work for me, um, and then I had a, a graduation yesterday where... Um, I got to see a lot of my family, uh, a lot of uh, my dad's side of the family, which I only get to see usually at these functions. You know, that's kind of when we seem to really um, come to terms with the value of our family and, and what they're worth to us when we see them at graduations or, or uh, reunions or, you know, weddings or possibly, you know, even funerals. These are the, the moments that bring us together that make me proud of my family because we are such a loving and open family. Um, I had a cousin, Joey, who had passed away from AIDS uh, many years ago. And uh, my cousins, um, his sisters and brother, you know, were there and we were able to connect and, and talk and, and just to have that kind of connection with them. And uh, I actually have uh, my cousin, Joey's quilt. And um, one of my cousins, Michael, who was there, I don't think we've actually ever met in person, and it's Joey's brother. Um, I told him that I had the quilt, and I don't know if he's actually ever seen it, or maybe he has, and he doesn't remember what it looks like. So I exchanged phone numbers with him, um, and I'm going to send him photos of that. But um, it was made by another one of my cousins, uh, my cousin Joey's niece, Teresa. Her students made this quilt in honor of my cousin Joey, who passed from AIDS. And the, the quilt is just too big to go to the memorial. So I have to find a way to either cut it down to, to, to size or if I send it the way that it is, um, I'm pretty sure I was told, um, I'm not 100% sure that the organization will actually cut it down to make it the size to make it fit if it's too big. But it's definitely something I want you know, to be there. And I would love to have my family, my cousins come on and, and maybe talk about uh, my cousin Joey. Uh, a lot of people don't know his story, you know, and I think it would be incredible and, and therapeutic for them to to share what their brother was like and, and what it was like to to have a, a gay brother, you know, in the 80s and early 90s and, and to have him, you know, deal with 
losing, you know, people to AIDS and then himself passing away from the disease. And, you know, it's just my cousin, my family is really tight. So I think it would be you know, kind of cool to kind of hear that because I would love to learn more about my cousin. So I, I, I was at the graduation and I got to see my family. And again, it was an awesome time. And my dad's side of the family is amazing, as as is my mom's side. But it, to to be there with so many of them traveling from all over, it, it's great. I mean, Virginia, the Poconos. Australia, uh, Texas, I mean, they come from everywhere just to, to show love. And, you know, it just puts into perspective, you know, how much I appreciate and love my family. So I also want to send a happy birthday out to my mother. Um, on the 21st uh, was her birthday. So I wanted to uh, send her a happy birthday and tell her that I love her. Um, so uh, this week uh, we are going to be, again, speaking with activist Danny Weaver from Florida. He'll be joining us shortly. I want to go ahead and uh, move over to uh, this week's uh, HIV Scoop with Josh Robbins. This is your HIV Scoop with Josh Robbins, exclusive for Pause I Am Radio. Buzzworthy HIV news in under 90 seconds. Here's Josh Robbins in this week's HIV Scoop. What a week it has been. First, Charlie Sheen has a new girlfriend, and woo-wee, isn't she a beauty? She's purty. Besides being a beauty, though, this new girlfriend is educated about HIV and wants the world to know she is not scared of Charlie Sheen's HIV, all according to TMZ. Now, This is pretty cool, in my opinion. Could the newest ally to the HIV community actually be Charlie Sheen's new girlfriend? Well, girlfriend or not, I happily welcome anyone who wants to decrease the stigma surrounding HIV. And that's that. Next, 30% of Trump's Presidential Advisory Council for HIV and AIDS, they didn't wait for him to say, you're fired. They quit this week. That's right, turned in their resignation. Six of the 21-member council all turned in their letters of resignation this week, according to an op-ed published by Newsweek and an exclusive interview by yours truly on I'mStillJosh.com with one of the former members who threw in the towel. His reasons include how Trump has handled the new health care bill, and his apparent lack of interest in those living with HIV. Now, when I asked if Trump even knew he had a presidential council on HIV uh, and AIDS, I was told no. This was your HIV scoop. And there you have it. Thank you, Josh Robbins, for the HIV scoop. For more information on Josh and to uh, find about all the amazing things that he's doing, go to imstilljosh.com. Um, so, uh, I do have an announcement I'm going to be making a little bit later, uh, maybe not the full announcement, but I'll give you a little bit of a hint about an upcoming guest that we have coming up in July. I am really excited about this. Um, so I'll be, uh, talking about that and announcing it later. So stay tuned for that. Um, but now I want to go ahead and bring today's guest on, uh, our guest, Danny Weaver, uh, lives in Southwest Florida. Um, he, uh, has lived there for actually a long time since the last time we interviewed him in 2011, he was there. And while he's there, he's been in treatment for substance abuse, and he was asked to speak out about living with HIV. He did, and he still continues to speak publicly today. Uh, he lives in Orlando, Florida with his husband, and in the past, he's been involved with Ryan White Planning Council, 
Um, and he actually was just recently awarded Paws Magazine uh, Top 100 for the Southern Region. So congratulations to Danny for that. Please help me welcome our guest and our friend, Danny Weaver. Hey, Danny, how are you? I'm good, Robert. How are you doing? Good, good. It is so good to have you on. Oh, yeah. It's been too long, man. It's been way too long, but we all have lives. I understand. <laughs> yeah, I was going back and I was I was looking to see when you were on last and, and when you actually first came on. And it was, geez, it was in 2011. So it's been six years. I mean, I'm sure so much has changed since then. Yeah, yeah, there's been a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff has gone on. A lot of stuff has gone on since then. Um, I mean, I don't know. Where do we, I remember? Where I, do we I, want to start? We, we crossed. Well, I, I remember we crossed paths also in 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 DC. Um, so I want to talk about that. We can we can cover that at some point. But for people who aren't familiar with your story, let's take it back to kind of the beginning, uh, like we usually do here on the show, and 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 sure. tell us a little bit about what made you get diagnosed. What made you get diagnosed? What made you get tested for HIV? And and how your education was about that topic at the time. Um, I had none really. I just, you know, I knew what I knew from watching TV. I never really bothered with it because I thought, oh, it's never going to happen to me. You know, stupid me. But um, in 2008, um, I had a really good job with a major hotel chain. That I don't want to name. Um, and I'd been there for years, and I just found that I was getting, I, I, I just had a cold that just wouldn't go away. And I, I hate doctors. I've never liked doctors. And I decided to go to my general practitioner and he said, have you ever had an HIV test? I said, no. He said, well, we're going to give you one. He said, it'll be two weeks. That was the longest, you know, the longest two weeks of your life is when you're waiting for your results. Of course. And um, of course, it came back positive And my viral load was, you know, in the millions. And my T cells were at 211. And at the time, I weighed 118 pounds and my teeth were bad. And I was just really, really, really ill. And I didn't realize that until I go back and look at pictures of myself. And I'm like, my God, who's the scarecrow? You know, but you don't see it in yourself. Right. So, so, so you were diagnosed, point, diagnosed in 2000, you were diagnosed in 2008, November 8th of 2008, a day which will live in November for me. You know, you never, you never forget your date. You never forget your date. Yeah. So well, it's um, kind of uh, like, um, you know, uh, one of the guys that we had on, um, uh, God, I'm Robert Ober. He was on the other week, and he he kind of spoke about how he celebrates his anniversary as like his birthday, and it kind of is like a rebirth yeah. day. It's a day where you kind of you know reexamine where you are in your life and what you need to do to get yourself together. So when you were told you were HIV exactly. positive, what were the thoughts that went through your head? Because you had that oh my Superman God. complex that yeah. that I had too. You know that that complex where it's never going to happen to me. You know, it's it's yeah. It's I use condoms. People, I use me. condoms sometimes. Sometimes we use condoms, you know, it's like, ah, it's a hit or miss. Well, I thought, of course, right. my life's over. You know, I thought I better get my shit together and get, you know, what little bit of stuff I have. I better put names on it and get it doled out to people. And because I thought, you know, I maybe had a year and, you know, nine years later, here I am, you know, and I'm just I'm right. stronger now than I've ever been. So, um, but it's a process, you know, you can't just, when you're newly diagnosed, it's so overwhelming. You know, there's just so much. You know, now you have to have blood work and you got to see strange doctors and, you know, it's just hurry up and wait because I, I have no insurance. I'm strictly ADAP and Ryan White. Thank God for both programs because if they weren't around, yeah. I probably wouldn't be around, you know, so. Um, no, I, but I, it's I totally really, agree. You know, the, one one of the things, Danny, you were talking about was, you know, how 
when you were diagnosed and, and, and the thoughts. And I, I was remembering, like, back, I was diagnosed in 2001. You know, I was 21, uh-huh. you know, and I felt like, you know, when you're young and you're gay and you're coming out, you're very uh, vulnerable. You're very, um, you put a lot of faith into the older gay men, you know what I mean, who you may find attractive. Obviously, when you're younger, you're attracted to the older, usually, you know, Guy because daddy complex you know what i mean so like yeah you put that kind of into perspective that you have that vulnerability of being so innocent and you know i mean i remember i put a lot of faith in the older people that i may have talked to or you know or or had relationships with and maybe i shouldn't have it was it was kind of being very gullible not being educated so i'm glad that now in school they are starting now to have these LGBTQIA alliances and, and, and groups and discussions and things like that and, and making it more aware because I didn't have that. We didn't, we didn't have any, scary. we didn't have any of that. We got, I got beat up and put in my locker. We didn't have any LGBT anything. <laughs> we, you know, you were on your own. Yeah. And, um, but I survived it. You know, it was a learning experience for sure. But, um, I wouldn't want to go back and do it again, I'm sure. I mean, if I could go back and do it all over again and know what I know now, I'd be probably a millionaire, but it doesn't work that way. You know, we've got to move forward from where we are right this minute and um, keep, don't look back. You know, your past, you can't, you can't recreate it, you know? So I try to so have a positive were, outlook. Well, that's kind of all that we yep. can do. But I mean, so tell me, after you were diagnosed, who, who, was, who was the first person that you told? My partner at the time, um, I told him, and he was a career nurse, and a brick wall went up in our bed immediately. Yeah. And, you know, then shortly thereafter, our relationship just fizzled out, and it just, you know, he went his way, and I I kept everything, and, you know, I rebuilt my life and started over again. I mean, how many times does it take to start over to to get your shit together? As many times as it takes. You know, there's no set rule of it. You know, you you can have rock bottom 50 times as long as you struggle and get yourself out of it, you know, you're living. So, um, yeah, that was, that was rough, so what, you know? And then of course, go ahead. I was just going to say one of the, um, one of the things I was talking about before you, you came on was, you know, the importance of family and things like that. Um, how was it, um, you know, with your, with your family, how did they take it? I never told my mother because I know she would, be a nervous wreck and you know did you take your meds did you do this did you, you know she was that was just how she was and I ended up losing her in 2009 of an aortic aneurysm very suddenly and that just rocked my world you know I she was my rock and I was I was a mama's boy and we did everything together and um that really hurt that really stung you know but um and I haven't really gotten over that yet either but you know just add it to the PTSD you know just chuck it in the PTSD bucket you know that's all you can do so um, I don't know. I, I, t- I didn't tell, I didn't really tell any of my immediate family. So no, I didn't okay, figure it was no, anybody's was curious, You know, every, yeah, I yeah, know everybody's different. I was just kind of curious of how, you know, that, that may have went for you because family's a big thing for some people and, and, you know, um, right. so I do want to also open up the phone lines real quick and let people know if you're interested in calling in or if you're on hold and want to speak with us. I'll press the one button. Uh, the call-in number is 929-477-3572, and we're taking questions either for Danny, myself, or just about living with HIV in general. Um, I do um, see that there are people on hold. Again, if you are on hold and want to speak with us, hit the one button, and we'll bring you um, on the air with us. Uh, so tell me what it was like when you started medications. Uh, 
it was awful. It was just, I mean, the diarrhea and the side effects were horrible in my first batch of meds. Yeah. My first round. Danny, did you start right away? Um, did you start right away? Yeah. Yes. Yes. My doctor said, absolutely. Well, what happened? I, let me go back to the doctor's office. I went back to get the results mm-hmm. and the doctor said, you have HIV and I can't treat you. So not only do I not like doctors, now I got to go to a strange doctor that I, you know, and start all over again. But I went to the best infectious disease doctor in Sarasota, Dr. Godofsky. And um, at the time, I still had, I think I still had uh, Cobra insurance, or I don't know, I had insurance somehow through some miracle. So I was able to see him. Um, and then when that ran out, I went to the Michael Bach Treatment Center, which has been in Bradenton. Bradenton is 10 miles north of Sarasota. It's like its sister city. And um, they were wonderful. They're, they're a wonderful, wonderful organization. And um, it's one-stop shopping. You have your phlebotomy, you have your, your medical case manager, your non-medical case manager, your doctor, nutritionist, and let's see who I leave out. I'm sure I left somebody out. Everybody, but it was all under one roof. Instead of having to go to Quest and go here and run around, because that, that wears you out. All that stuff just wears you out. You know, regardless of your T-cells and regardless of, you know, where you are, all that running around is just so pointless. So I try to do one stop when I can, you know, it's just, it, it's easier for me. And, you know, I don't have a car right now. I'm not driving right now. And my husband, he'll drive me anywhere I want to go, but you know, you have gas and the traffic here in Orlando is outrageously horrendous. It's horrible. People are crazy. So, um, yeah, I know. Anyway, where uh, were we? I've been there many did times. I just, did I, <laughs> no, I've been there. <laughs> oh, it's, it's you, not, they don't, they don't care. They're going to cut you. It's like Miami. They're just going to cut you off. Cuban lane, Cuban lane change. <gasps> Done. They don't care. Yeah, well, that so. is, you know, where a lot of people go on vacation a lot in Orlando, you know. Yeah, the heart of Disney, have no right? idea where they're going. <laughs> of course, the mouse. <laughs> right, right, right. Blame the mouse, blame the mouse. <laughs> so, so, you know, so one of the things that we talked about before was your recovery um, with substance abuse. Um, do you want to touch a little bit about on that? Can you tell me how you were able to, um, you know, um, you know how how you how you're dealing with that basically. Well, okay. After my mom died, I, I fell apart. You know, and at the time I had Xanax and I had pain pills and I had muscle relaxers and I had vodka and I had everything I needed and pot. Of course, I always had pot. Um, and um, I, I I was starting to abuse my my pain meds and my Xanax. You know, I I call Xanax forget me not because you take one and an hour later you're like, did I take it or not? I don't better take another one. So I, um, I decided that I needed to do something because I was spiraling out of control. I was, you know, self-sabotaging um, myself. And it just, uh, so I called the local treatment place and said, you know, I need help. And because of Ryan White and ADAP and because I have HIV, they put me at the top of the list for treatment. So I was in there for 30 days and made some of the best friends I'll ever have in my life in there. Um, I still speak to some of them. Some of them, I don't know where they went. You know, you know how it is. They just kind of fall off the face of the earth. But um, while right. I was in there, while I was in there, part of their curriculum is HIV training or, you know, education. And the little lady, her name is Pat, little lady with big glasses, came up and she said, Danny, I see in your chart you have HIV. I said, yeah, why is there a problem? She said, no, would you like to speak to your group about what it's like to have HIV, what you have to go through every day, your medication? I said, absolutely. So that's what started my speaking career, was speaking to this group that I'd been in treatment with for 20-some days. You know, I, I had to come out to all them and, and now, you know, tell them all I was HIV positive. And 
I had such a wonderful response from all of them. They were just, they're just so welcoming and warming. And um, so that's the start of my speaking. Um, and since then, so, so I've let, done, me ask you this, I, let, let me, let me ask you this real quick, Danny. So you were there and you were, sure. you know, in, in, you were kind of in a, in a comfort zone, you know, you were kind of in a place where you kind of felt accepted because you knew these people for a long time. Do you think that if Absolutely. you were in, in a different situation and you were just somewhere else and they asked you to speak, you would still be able to, you would have been able to get up and do that? Because, I mean, was speaking something you did before, prior to this? I mean, ever envision yourself? Never, doing? never, ever, ever, ever. You know, I play the piano and I do karaoke, but that's different. But to get up and speak about <laughs> on a topic, especially HIV, that's, you know, so precise and you have to know your numbers and you have to know your statistics and you have to be able to speak about prep and you have to, you know, you have to have an overview about everything because people are going to throw questions at you and you have to have an answer. So that's the start of the self exploration of, you know, studying. And, you know, I have all my, a lot of my Facebook web pages are, you know, the prep site and I get stuff from the body and pods and, you know, I get, I, I stay educated because it's that's ever important. changing. You know that. You know, you have to, yep. you know, I have to, and I tell everybody this and I can't say this enough. I say it until I'm blue in the face, but you have to be your own advocate. You have to ask questions of your doctor. Right. You have to ask, you know, you have to find out what side effects the meds are going to have. You have to find out, you know, can I drink cranberry juice? Can I drink grapefruit? I mean, it's stupid things, but it can affect your overall health. And you don't really have to, you know, take the bull by the horns and, you know, ask questions. Otherwise, you're just a sheep. You know, so that's yeah, my, that's, that's my you mantra have to be for your own advocate. No, that's great. You have to be your own advocate or you're going to be a sheep. <laughs> you like that? It sounds, sounds about right. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, that's the, you know, that's the way it goes. So, so tell me about how you got involved with the Ryan White Planning Council. And for those people who may not know what it is, tell people what exactly it is. The Ryan White Care Act was founded in the, oh, I'm going to get this wrong. I'm going to say the late. 80s, early 90s, by um, Ryan White was a hemophiliac that lived in Indiana, and his mother Jeannie, whom I've met, she's a sweet, sweet lady, um, went through hell with Ryan. They wouldn't let him go to school, and you know he just because back then HIV was so new, you know they thought you know you could get it from touching and from drinking from someone's glass and just stupid shit, but. That's how it was back then. It's still that way now. Stigma is uh, an MF. Okay, it's horrible. But um, this this um, the Ryan White Care Act was founded for people that have no you know no insurance and no means to pay for medications and healthcare. So it also covers dental and vision, which I've taken care. Of. I've I've managed to use both of those as well. You know, I have beautiful smile now and I have I wear my glasses when I feel like it and um but it's a wonderful wonderful program um I, I started out going to the Orange County Health Department which is Orlando's CAB meeting consumer advisory board and a bunch of the people that were going to that were also on the Ryan White Planning Council and they said you really should come and check it out so I did and I applied and they accepted me and for a while I was the PWLH rep and I had my own meeting um, once a month, we did a luncheon, and I had to chair the meeting. Well, that's another public speaking thing where, you know, I'm speaking in front of 40 strangers, but I do it. I did it. Um, and I did it for a little over two and a half years, and I'm not I'm not doing it anymore. I've kind of resigned from it because it's just, it's time consuming, and 
between you, me, and the lamppost and everybody listening, I don't see much progress. So I can get more done as a consumer with complaints than I can as a member. And it's just, that's the way it is. It's uh, very bureaucratic and very um, corporate. So, but I did it for two and a half years and I enjoyed it while I did it. But um, I'm still the chair of the, or the co-chair of the Orange County Health Department's CAB meeting. I still do that. That's an easy meeting. That's just, that's for anybody that has complaints to the health department, which, you know, there's lots of those sit in the waiting room, bitch and piss and moan all you want, but unless you bring it to the right people, nothing's going to get done. And at the CAB meeting, we, we write everything down and give it to the powers that be and say, hey, you better fix this problem. And, you know, eventually, eventually they do, you know, but um, I don't know. I'm a doer. You know, I have to, I have to be involved. I have to be, have some role in, you know, not only my health care, but also with trying to help other people because that's just me. You know, I'll give you my last piece of bread and go hungry which I've done in the past, you know, just so that I know you've eaten because that's just the way I was raised and that's me. So, um, right. That's, that's it. That's about it for that. But it no, was, it was fun while it lasted. No, I think that's great. And, you know, not everybody is, you know, meant to, you know, go out and speak all the time. There's other ways of being an advocate in this, in the way that you do it is just as good as just as important as the person who's out there speaking, you know, at the conference or on TV or in the magazine, right? It's, whatever it is, every role is important. You know what I mean? They're all equally important. Right. So thank you for what you do because what you do is something that I don't do or I can't do. You right. know what I mean? So I say kudos to you for, you know, what you do because you make it, you know, you're a part of that, that tree. You're a part of that branch that we all need help with. So, well, so thank I want you. to talk about I can't how... save all the... <clears throat> Okay. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I can't save all the kittens. I can't tell you how many times I said that one, too. You know, I might be able to save one or two, but the rest of them are going to die. You know, if you, if, you want, if you want what I got, you can follow me and do what I do, but I can't save all the kittens. You know, I see that a lot. That's, that's right, a good one. It... Hey, if you save one, that's good enough. <laughs> you know, you're doing that's something right. and you're making a difference. And that's the important part. One's going to tell the other one and the other one and the other one and the other one. That's like when I speak, I can't reach the whole audience. But if I reach one person, they're going to go home and say, I saw right. this guy today and he talked about HIV and he was amazing. And um, mm-hmm. he said this and he said this. And, you know, and they'll, it's a telephone game. It'll just go from there, you know, and it'll just escalate. So um, have you have know. you spoken it's, in schools I, before? No, you know why? Number one, I can't say I'm gay. And number two, I can't say the word condom. It's a big no-no in Florida. You cannot say it. They want you to preach abstinence. Uh, so I did, oh, I did one school, school yeah. in Sarasota. Well, there, it's like all, it's all of Florida. It's because of our, our, our uh, lovely governor. That's, that's his mandate. Um, I did okay. speak at, in Sarasota. I did a, um, I did a um, uh, senior high school. It was uh, juniors and seniors. And they wanted me to talk about abstinence. I looked out in the crowd. There were three girls in the back row that were knocked up. It's a little late for abstinence, honey. You know, you're already, you already have a baby. <laughs> so I really don't yeah. do school. I can't, I don't want to be a hypocrite, you know? So I take right. the speaking gigs I want to do and the other, the other, let other people do the other ones because they're more tactful than I am maybe, but I don't know. I don't know. It makes sense. You know, everybody has their own opinion, so. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, I did want to bring up the fact that you, you I, I just real quick, I wanted to bring up the fact that you were also uh, recognized um, in the Pods 100. So I want to talk about what that was like for you after we come back from a break. I want to take a quick break now and uh, play some of the positive messages from Kevin Maloney and Rise Up to HIV. So we'll be right back with Danny Weaver. Hey there. 
I'm Josh, and I've been HIV positive for over four years. And this is my pause message. Yeah, I bet you think you know how this story is going to go. Well, I'm going to do my best to show you how I've learned to see the positive and being positive. No pun intended. I'm healthier today than ever before because I've chosen to make my physical and mental health a priority. I'm happy to share that I've been in a mixed status, serodiscordant relationship with my HIV negative girlfriend for almost two years. We've learned that having a healthy and happy HIV free baby is more possible today than ever. And I currently have a set plan of action as I'm working towards a pilot's license. Believe me, when I was first diagnosed, I didn't think any of that was going to be possible. You see, our generation has an opportunity today that millions before us never had. We have an opportunity to live. And believe me, I know it's a hard journey. There's no doubt about that. But know that life was never promised to be easy. Learn to separate who you are as a person as opposed to what the virus says you are. It's not the virus, but what you do with the virus that counts. Will it define you or will it refine you? That's a question that only you can answer. Thank you. And there you have it. That's a positive message um, from our friend um, Josh Middleton, uh, Positive Hope. If you go look it up online, uh, awesome guy there. Will, <laughs> it's, he's an amazing man. Um, and you can also find more positive messages by going to Rise Up to HIV on Facebook and contacting Kevin Maloney, checking out his page and all the cool things that he's doing. He does have a new um, uh, social media frame that's going around that you can submit your photo to be added, and they'll put the frame around your photo. And you can use it on all your social medias, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. Um, and it's a U equals U, um, the Prevention Eagle Access Campaign Frame. Uh, check it out. Cool colors for the summer. Uh, rise up to HIV. And uh, we are back now with our guest, uh, Danny Weaver. Danny, are you there? I'm here. Cool, cool. So uh, before we went to the break, one, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was, tell me what it was like and how you found out that you were chosen as uh, one of the POS 100 for the Southern region? Well, they had a blurb on Facebook about nominate someone that you feel that should be uh, one, one of POS's top 100. And I nominated myself. I thought, you know, this is never going to fly. And I just kind of said a brief little overview of what I've done and where I've been and what I, all the different things I've done. Lo and behold, in June, I'm sorry, in May, I got an email from them saying, congratulations, you've been accepted. Don't say a word because the magazine's not going to come out in December. You know how hard that was for me to sit on that for all those months, but I did it. Uh, you know, and good. I'm just um, I'm blown away by it to think that out of the millions of people in the entire South, they picked me and the other 99. I don't know. I mean, I'm just I'm I'm so humbled by it that um, I think it's a great I think it's a big deal. You know, and um, they sent me a nice certificate that says Pause 100 in my name and. Um, I have several copies of the magazine because I give them out to people. They want me to sign them. I said, yeah, no, I'm not a star. No, but um, <laughs> I was, I was blown away by it. I really was. You know, I thought, wow, this is really cool. Um, there's no money involved, of course, but you get the, you get the title. So I have the title. No, and that's it. No, that's awesome. Congratulations. I think what your work Thank you. you do is important and obviously a uh, recognizable organization like Paz is going to recognize somebody like you. So congratulations. Thank you, Robert. That's very nice of you. So also, I know that we, you know, we met down uh, in D.C. at one of the uh, ADAPT Advocacy Association uh, conferences. Um, yes, we did. That was, that was fun. That was fun. Yes. 
that was a good time. And actually, that was the first time that I actually met um, Bob Bowers as well. Yes. Yes. Yep. He's a great guy. I haven't heard from from him, have you? No, I think he's he's off grid. I don't think he's uh, doing anything on the internet or I think he's just kind of out of touch. I haven't heard anything from yeah, him that was, for well, a year. Well, well, I could say at least I, I met him, and that was a, an amazing thing for me because he's actually the person who inspired me to be so open about it. You know what I mean? So yeah, for, yeah. to meet him, you know, it was, it was awesome because at that time, that was like the end when I started taking time away from doing so much ads for right. myself. You know what I mean? So right. to be there and to meet you finally and him, it was, it was an awesome conference. But tell me about the conferences that you go to. Um, I really haven't been to any. I, I, um, really, I just have done, I did the ADAP conference and that's about all I've done for conferences. I, I don't really, you gotta have airfare, you gotta have money usually to go to one, you know, and I don't have that kind of money yeah. laying around just to go to conference. I wish I, I'm not Maria. Okay. I'd like to be, but I'm not Maria. <laughs> <laughs> She's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody's awesome in their own way, you know? Yeah, we are. We'll do our part. So, so let me ask you this, Dan- Danny. If if somebody is newly diagnosed um, and and they come up to you, uh, and they're looking for uh, aid service organizations or somewhere where they can get, um, you know, access to care, where would they do that in the Orlando area? What organizations would you kind of point them to? Um, Hope and Help is a huge one here in Orlando. They've been around since the very beginning. They have, um, they're going to be opening a medical clinic here pretty soon where they're going to have one-stop shopping. When that happens, I'm leaving the health department because they, they're horrible. They're just horrible. Even though I am who I am, I still have to bitch and, and scrape to get what I need there. It's just know your meds aren't ready. Come back tomorrow. Well, that means, you know, three more buses and a mule and you know, out in the heat. No, thank you. I want my meds now. They're right there on the shelf. Just fix them. Hope and Help would be one. Miracle of Love would be one. Um, Center for uh, Center for um, I can't think of it. I'm sorry. Um, and of course the health department, but I that'd be my last choice because they're just so disorganized. And their their excuses. They're busy. Well, yeah, I know you're busy. You know, Orlando's number six in in the country for new transmission to new cases of HIV. You know, hire some more people and have staff on hand to, you know, get these people in and out of here. You can't have people hang out because people get pissed off and stop taking their meds because they're too hard to get, you know, and that's how people fall out of compliance and get sick and die, you know, and just, it gets me very, very, uh, I get very upset with it because it's something that could be fixed and they choose not to because, you know, they have their little job and they're not going to, they're not going to step out of their way to do anything for anybody. So, um. Right. Those are a couple that I would so, I would recommend. And go ahead. No, I was gonna say there's a um one of the things that's really big right now are you know social media campaigns. Uh, you know, there's been a few that I've been a part of. Um, you know, the the no shame about being HIV positive. Kevin Maloney rise up to HIV. They had the T-shirts going around. Yep. They have the frames going around now. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on the U equals U and and the and the the science and the and the statistics and, and and all that being kind of what we're all talking about right now? What what is your your thoughts? Well, about? Bruce Richmond is an amazing man. I think he's the one that spearheaded that and got that going. 
I think it's wonderful. Yeah. I think everybody in the world should know that, you know, if you're undetectable, you're uninfectious and you don't really need PrEP and you don't really need these condoms. I mean, it, it becomes a preference thing, you know, but um, I, I'm all for it. I think that the more we can get, anytime you post anything, I share it, you know, and I have a small little, I only have, I have like, I don't know, 1400 friends, but I figure if they see it, they're going to tell somebody again, it's a telephone game thing, you know, but um, I, I'm all for it. I think I, I'm, I'm stand by it a hundred percent. I like it. So, so yep. uh, what are your thoughts on PrEP? Some people are for it. Some people are against it. Where do you, do you have a stand on that or? Um, again, I support it because, you know, nobody, nobody really likes condoms. Really, nobody likes condoms, you know? I know I don't, you know, but um, you, um, with PrEP, you have, you have the chance of having, you can have sex with someone who's positive and the PrEP will protect you from getting HIV from them. So I'm all for it. The problem with PrEP is it's very hard to get, you know, it's very, I've talked to people about it and they said, yeah, it's great, but it's very, very difficult. Either the doctor doesn't want to write the prescription for it or they have trouble with um, the drug company getting it. So I'm all for it, but it should be more readily available, I think. You know, I think in San Francisco, they give it out free. You know, they just give it out, which is great. But Florida is never going to do that. We're too backwards. Yeah, well, I, now that, you know, there's the, they're coming out with a generic uh, Travada, it should be... Um, kind of interesting how that's going to move forward with prep and things along that line. And if that's going to right. be something, you know, because that's something the big pharma giants fight over that, that um, patent for that, for that drug. And if that drug is so many people are either taking Truvada and living with HIV or they're taking Truvada right. as prevention to HIV. So that company exactly. is making tons of money. You know what I mean? So I'm surprised yep. that they actually <laughs> came out with a generic form of that. So it should be interesting to see where that leads in the next couple months you know, over the next year and all that. But I do want to real quick do open the phone lines again. If you are on hold or would like to speak with us on air, 929-477-3572. And uh, Danny, we're winding down to the last couple minutes. I'm going to shoot over to one more positive message from Rise Up to HIV, and we'll come right back with your, your last words, okay? Okay. All right, we'll be right back. Hi, my name is Madame Mapala, and I've lived with HIV for 24 years now. Um, I was a young girl when I was diagnosed, and back in those days, it was a death sentence. And I was told I couldn't have children; I couldn't, I was, wasn't going to live long, and basically told to just give up and um, stop living. And well, since then, I've definitely kept living. I've had two children. I'm very happy. I'm an HIV global advocate and activist, and I found that living positive is probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. It's given me experiences I never would have imagined. And I've been able to travel the world and I've been able to support amazing other people living with HIV. So thank you. Thank you for letting me say this and thank you for letting me share that HIV is not a death sentence anymore and that we can be happy. And there you have it again. Uh, positive messages can be found by up to HIV on Facebook. So, Danny, um, any last words for our listeners or uh, anyone out there that you want to leave where they can maybe get in contact with you or find you where you're on social media? 
Um, yeah, I'm Danny Weaver on Facebook, and that's all I that's all I have. I haven't figured out. This is going to sound silly, you know. I I've always worked on computers my whole life. I don't do um, I don't do uh, Instagram, and I don't do Twitter. I just do Facebook. But I am Danny Weaver on Facebook, and you're welcome to reach out to me there. I'm really good about answering my messages. I spend way too much time on there, so you know if they want to reach out to me there, that's fine. I'm on there way too much. I'm not. I, there should be an addiction group for that because it's it's uh it's bad. But um, I'm sure there I is. I'm sure there is. <laughs> I I use it too for knowledge. You know, I do my HIV research on there. You know, so it's very handy for yeah, that. Yeah, I, I do the nobody same thing. Through, it's funny that you say that because actually Facebook has kind of become my newspaper. You know what I mean? Like I'm at work Me in the too. morning and I'm looking on the, my news feed to see what's going on in the world or what did Trump do this time or, right. you know, whatever right. the situation yeah. may be. So it's kind of interesting right. that you, you say that, you know what I mean? It's replaced newspapers. It's true. Sure. Yeah. A lot easier. <laughs> well, cool, Much Danny. Easier. I, I will connect easier. everybody with you through our Facebook page. I'll share, you know, your page with, with them so they can find you there. Um, I am so glad that you Sounds came good. on and joined us again. Um, let's not make it six more yes. years, okay? No, no, not at all. Not at all. We'll do it again, hopefully soon. All right, Danny. Well, you have yourself a great afternoon and uh, enjoy the rest all right. of your Sunday. All right. Thank you, Robert. Take care. Thank you. Have a great day. And again, that's our friend and fellow activist, Danny Weaver. Uh, we will put a link to him on our Facebook page. Um, and you can connect with him if you are interested in so. Uh, what an amazing guy. I do want to also bring up a, a retreat that's coming up in July. Um, it is from July 21st to the 23rd. Um, it is in the Poconos, Pennsylvania. Um, I will be attending this event. Um, we had um, the founder uh, class come on and speak about this. So uh, I want you to go check it out. Go to brotherhoodretreats.com. Um, it's an event up it's a, it's a spiritual event for you know people living with HIV. Um, it's it's awesome uh, from what I hear. Uh, you know, he's been on the show many times sharing uh, information about this uh, retreat. So this is going to be the first time I'm going to attend. And you know it's so close to me. It's literally like 90 minutes away from me. Not even. Uh, so I'm going to attend this. I can't wait to maybe even broadcast live from there um, on Facebook or Twitter or something just to kind of connect and share with everybody what this awesome retreat is. I, I hear nothing but great things and I can't wait to experience it myself. Again, go to brotherhoodretreats.com. Um, I'm excited. Also, you want to check out ageoasis.org and the Positive Living Conference is coming up in September. That is in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. It is an amazing conference to connect with tons of people living with HIV, activists, and um, the fellow individuals who are, you know, trying to find information and, and get past the diagnosis to long-term survivors. Uh, it's such an incredible conference. Again, AIDSOasis.org. Check it out, Positive Living 20th Anniversary. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in, and I want to send some love out to Aaron and to everybody else out there listening. And my hint for the guest coming up in July is you definitely know his voice. That's my hint. Have a great day. Join us each and every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when we bring you your weekly dose of hope. You can join in the conversation after the show is off air. Going on Twitter at Pause I Am Radio, Aaron Laxton. While you're on there, reach out to I'm Still Josh as he brings your weekly HIV scoop. And check out Kevin Maloney with Rise Up to HIV. I encourage you, if you've not already done so, please contribute to the Positive Message Campaign. 
from each and every one of you who contribute and allow us to bring this show to you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And if you know someone who would be interested in coming on air, or you think there's something that we need to cover, please let us know. We're here to bring content that you need and you want. From each and every one of us over at Paz IM Radio, from myself and Robert Brining, have a safe and happy week. And until we talk again, stay positive.